listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode. What's going on, family? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and so glad you decided to tune in for another week. If this is your first time, welcome. This is a weekly podcast focused on providing perspective for everyday living through the lens of God. And I want you to make sure to subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share, like, subscribe so you can keep up with everything that's going on with Vantage Point. And then also you can email us at thisisvantagepoint at gmail.com and let me know where you're tuning in from. And I also want to let you know what's coming up next for Vantage Point. And in May, we're going to be starting a new series called Core Strength which will build on from this series, Mosaic, and help you continue uh, to unlock what God has for you. And when you think about that term, core strength, the first thing that came to mind is is, is working out. And, and the one thing we're told is we have to have a strong core, and we rely on that core uh, to help facilitate everything we do. And I think our walk with God is no different. And so this series, which was really shown to me last year, is going to dig into five areas um, that that I think that are core to our walk with God. And you can be as quote-unquote Christian as you want to be, but if these five areas are lacking, your walk's going to be lacking. So make sure to join us, and we'll go live with part one on May 3rd. But today, we're going to be closing out this short series called Mosaic, where we've been focused on how God uses broken people to create his masterpiece. And in week one, we unlock the truth that God can use us even with our brokenness. And last week we looked at how those broken pieces play the role in our lives along with God and the formulas that they go with when it comes to what he does with us. And this week I wanted to dig into another verse in scripture that kind of has always really just driven a lot of thought in my mind. And it's actually found in Acts 13, 22, and it refers to a certain person in the Bible. And if I'm honest, I sometimes have a hard time talking about this person because it's someone I relate to. And I think to some degree we all uh, can relate to somebody in the Bible, whether it's something they've done or something that that we read. Uh, But there's certain ones that I feel like draw a deeper connection to us. And that's what's so amazing about the people in the Bible and the Word of God itself is that it draws us in and we can make those correlations even today. Um, over 2,000 years since that time, we can build this over um, into our own lives and, and not just through their accolades, um, but through their brokenness. And I said in week one uh, of this series, and, and definitely holds true for me, it's like people don't always relate to the holier than thou or blessed and highly favored people. We easy, easily relate to the broken pieces that we see in each other that's so easy to. And, and I really feel like it's it's easy to relate to those pieces because we all have our brokenness in whatever way that is. And we know God covers it and gives us grace. But certain people remind us of those pieces. And for me, that person is David. And as I planned for this episode, uh, this is the question that kept popping up. And it's how... Could David be considered a man after God's own heart? How, despite everything he did, everything that we know that he um, did from a manipulative standpoint, adultery, everything that he did, and God would still give him that title, um, what is it about David? And, and actually, we go to Acts thirteen twenty two, and it says, After removing him, he raised up David as their king and testified about him. 
I have found David, the son of Jesse, to be a man after my own heart who will carry out my will. And that term, God literally calls David a man after his own heart. And when you think about that, the, the connection that you must have when it comes to the relationship with God, when it comes to that walk, to for him to say, this is a man after my own heart, not after his heart, but my own heart. And, and we know that David had his issues. We know that David did some wild things, probably like soap opera level, crazy things. But there are some things in David's life that I feel that we can connect to and, 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 and hopefully build in ourselves to really be the people after God's own heart. And so we're going to jump right in and, and we're going to go right into part one. And so for the first point, write this down. David was intense in his faith in God. And we see that faith in the battle with Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. We see David's faith when he says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And it's like when everybody else was running from this battle, David ran toward it. Why? Because he, he trusted God with his life. God, he had been through some things before and God had been there with him each time in the lion, with the lion, and with the bear. And, and he, God had been there and saved him each time. And David trusted God with his life and he had the faith that God would give him victory once again. David was calm. He was confident. He knew early in life that God could be trusted and should be obeyed. And it's clear um, that David's faith pleased God and he's rewarded for that faithfulness, even as a young boy slaying Goliath. And a lot of when you study the scripture and how old was David, a lot of people say he was anywhere from 16 to 19 um, when he slayed Goliath. And, and you think about those like that challenge, like saying slaying a Goliath. And, and I wonder, like in our own life, what challenges are we facing? What is our quote unquote Goliath? There may not be a tall giant in the physical sense like it was for David, but maybe it's struggles in a relationship or losing a job or, or not getting what you expected. Like how do we respond, right? Do we lose faith and retreat or do we trust God and, and continue to move forward? And David's faith just didn't happen. It was born out of experience, he knows what God's grace and mercy is in his life up to that point. And the Lord had delivered him out of different situations in the past, showing his power. And David relied on him to deliver him to deliver him from Goliath. And I think like when in my own life, when it comes to faith in God, I mean, there was a time, you know, when, when I didn't have that, I didn't mean like I didn't have that at that age with David. I didn't have faith. My faith came later. Um, in life after some things, after some some struggles and things like that. And that faith grew and grew and grew. And so I encourage, like, when we think about how can God say this about him, how can he say this about me, it, it really lies in that first point. We have to have this, this intense, intentional faith in God to do what he said he would do. Because those challenges, like we talked about, they're going to come. They're going to happen. And what do we do? Do we back down or do we stand up and say, you know what? I see this going on or I see this piece of me or I see this situation. But God is faithful even in this. He's with me. He's down for me and he's going to help me through. And I love Psalm 23 again, as, a, as though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear God. 
no evil for you are with me. Like it doesn't matter where I am. You are with me. It takes faith to say, even despite these dark places, even despite these low places, even despite these unknown places, I will fear no evil because you are with me, Lord. You are with me. And then point two, I want you to write this down. David sinned, but he owned it. And I think that's a huge, huge thing because the bottom line is David did repent of his sins. He did commit sins. And we know this Um, in 2 Samuel 11, verse 2 and 4, we see it. It says, one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man says she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. And at that point, David just, I mean, he did it all, right? He he slept with her. They had a baby. He committed adultery. He lied. Then he had her husband killed and because he was trying to cover up his sin. And he just, I mean, literally straight doubled down on everything he was doing. But when he was confronted by Nathan the prophet, he he did what most of us would refuse to do. He owned it. Um, took him some time to get there, but he did own it, right? And in 2 Samuel 12, 13, it says, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And then Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. And and when we think about um, just that, when we think about the culture and everything that that goes on, like we we just have this this modern thing where we want to deny sin. Instead of confessing it, we want to try to justify it. And when I talked earlier about relating to David, like this moment is relating to David for me, like getting caught in the sin and not owning it at first. Right. I'm trying to double down. I'm trying to deny. I'm trying to justify and trying to cover it up and cover it up. And not because I want to repent. It's because I got caught. It's the embarrassment of getting caught. It's the it's the the going through the the pain and the and the shame and all of those things that you go through when when we when we get caught up in our sin, right? And, and one thing we we can see from David is that even just like this is this is a point that further emphasizes why he was a man after God's own heart. He knows he sins. He knows it. But he still sits there and he does own it. He does confess it and, and goes to God and says, I, I have sinned against you, Lord. I have sinned. And, and, and really, we, we get to this point where we want to deny our sin. We want to defy what the word of God says, because the truth is, just like David, we talked about this throughout this whole series. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is above reproach when it comes to sin. It doesn't matter what the sin is and and, and it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter um, what it is. It's still sin. And we have to be able to one, acknowledge that we have to be able to two, own it. And then we have to be able to three, walk in repentance and walk in forgiveness. We can't live in that. Right. And, 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 you know, a lot of times, even in culture, we want to, we want to, we want to compare sin. We want to take notes. We want to, Oh, well, your sin is this, or my sin is this. And it's the bottom line is it's sin. And we all fall short of God's perfect standard. Right. But the question is, 
do we admit our sin or do we justify our sin? And, and, and when you think about it, when was the last time that you really went to the Lord and truly repented, truly turned? Because again, it, it wasn't always the case with me. It, it was, let me justify, let me figure out, let me manipulate, let me do these things because I can, I can justify just about anything. Right. But it, but the one thing I wasn't justifying was, yeah, I did that. And yeah, I need to own that. And yes, I need to move, turn away from that. And those are the things that, that David shows us, even in this low, low moment of his life, he shows us that he's able to p- repent and there's still a consequence. Don't get me wrong. There's still a consequence. There, there were, that's what it's going to be. And, and even though David tried to plead for his son's life that came out of this sin, God had spoken and this is what the, the wage of his sin was. Um, and then David was able to move forward and God still, even in this moment, calls him a man after his own heart. And, and, and the, the third thing um, that David, why David is, is this man after God's heart is that David was in love with God's word. And, and we see the over a hundred Psalms in the Bible David wrote more than half of them. And he constantly talked about his love for God's perfect word. And in Psalms 119, 47 to 48, we see, for I delight in your commands because I love them. I lift up my hands to your commands, which I love, and I meditate on your decrees. Because of that, God would grant David these understandings and this wisdom. And we can even read in Psalm 119, two and three, it says, blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. And really the next question for you is how much time do we spend in God's word? And I'm not talking about reading a, a, a Bible verse or reading your Bible app or cracking open your Bible and reading for 10 minutes, but there's something that David says in that first scripture in 119, 47 and 48 he, uh, he says, and I meditate on your decrees. I meditate on what you say. And, and, and I want you to look at this picture. The word meditate is in the Bible 23 times, but 19 of them are in Psalms. And, and literally, David is showing us it's not just about reading his word. It's about having this devotion to his word and being able to meditate and soak it in and let it let it build in us, not just fill our brain from knowledge, but fill our hearts and fill our souls and edify us in that way. And I think that's so key. And we're going to really get into this in that next series, I, I promise you. But we want to go beyond just reading God's words. We want to be able to think and meditate on it throughout the day. Because one thing we can tell, we can know about David is the struggle was real. This man I mean, we would see him in, in Psalms, just this back and forth struggle. And, and that's sometimes what we go through every day. We have this struggle. I mean, I know for me, again, there's, there's days where this, the sin or the thought of sin or the temptation is great, but we have to, what happens when you meditate on God's word on a daily, daily basis, we're able to continue to fill ourselves up and continue to shift our focus and mind on the things of the Lord and meditate on his words. Not only just read it, but meditate and and know what he says about us, know what he thinks about us and, and, and let him know that we know that we're with him. And then I love Psalm, we said it earlier, Psalm 119, two and three, blessed are those 
who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. We have to make sure that we're walking in the ways of God. We're walking in the ways of what scripture says and that we're meditating on it. We're letting it fill us up because that's what's going to keep us continuing to be covered um, in, in God's word. Because the more we get into his word, the deeper we get that relationship. And I think the biggest thing of all of this is the relationship that David had with God. And we have to make sure that our relationship is aligned up. And the, and the only way you get to relationship is getting to know who the person is you're in relationship with. We have to read God's word. We have to talk to him in prayer. We have to praise him. We have to do all of these things because it helps build us, build us up in the relationship we have with him. And then for point four, um, David was thankful. And, and we, I mentioned it earlier. David was on this internal struggle, roller coaster, emotions up, down. He had peace and joy one day, hardship and fear and discouragement the next. But through it all, he continued to thank God for each challenge. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Thankfulness was one of David's biggest characteristics. And I think it's something we need to ask ourselves. How thankful are we in all seasons of life? Not just the good ones, because we know we're going to be thankful there. But how are we thankful for the hard lessons? How are we thankful for the for the downtime? How are we thankful for the broken pieces? How do we show God thank, thankfulness for those moments? Because we can be all the great, holier than thou we want to be. But if we're not thanking the Lord for all seasons of our life, because we know all things, Romans 8, 28, all things work for our good. But we have to be able to not only thank, be thankful for the good, but we have to be thankful for the bad. And yes, just like David, we're going to fall short at times. We're not going to be perfect today. You might sin after reading this. You might sin the next day. You might do something stupid. But again, it's repenting and receiving God's forgiveness. And, and, and holiness is a so key. It's not about being perfect. It's about being honest and authentic. It's about our love for God driving out our thoughts and actions. So let me ask you, is your love for God bigger than that temptation? Is your love for God bigger than that issue? Is your love for God bigger than all the things, all the broken pieces you deal with? Because let me tell you, whether you think it is or not, I'm telling you, he is bigger than those things. And he can literally turn your life in a moment. He can literally build it up and continue to grow and continue to build and continue to, to lift you up in the way that that you're supposed to go. And, and, and really, as we close out this episode in this series, I want you to take a moment. I want you to think about you. I want you to think about every piece of you, what you've been through, what you've come out of. And I want you to ask yourself this question. If God can use David, how could he use you? Because the truth is this, and it's been the truth since the first week of the series. Your broken pieces matter because you matter to God. You are his master masterpiece. 
You are his greatest work. Don't let your brokenness restrict you from going after God. Because so many people, I'm so, I'm too broken to go after God. I'm too broken to be used. I'm too broken to have anything to do with this savior, this God, this, and we get so constricted in that. Because let me tell you, that's what the enemy wants to do. Like when we give ourselves to God, we are now spirit filled. We are filled with the love of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing that can separate us from that love. But what the devil will try to do is he will try to distract. He will try to get you out of the mindset. Remember, what's bigger in your head? Is it the words of the devil or is it the words of God? Which one is leading you right now? Which one is driving your thought process? Because the truth of the matter is God is bigger than all of them. But do we walk? In that, in that massiveness that is God. We have to be able to do those things. We have to be able to think and understand that God is for us. And, and let me tell you something. You don't need a pastor. You don't even need me to tell you that you're not perfect. Because God is holy. And, 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 and we know that for the wages of sin is death. Like it says in Romans 6.23. 6, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God's answer to our sin problem is Jesus. We talked about that last series. When Jesus died on the cross, he bridged the gap of sin between us and God. And Roman 10, 9 tells us if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I want to leave you with this. We all have a choice. We can deny our sin and live in defiance, or we can confess our sins and find forgiveness and fellowship. And I want to take a moment and I want to pray because we've been doing the same prayer at the end of each series, each episode in this series. And, and I want you to understand um, that the reason that we've, I've been doing the same prayer is because I still believe that there's there's something there's things we have to deal with when it comes with our broken pieces. And I think we need to build the habit, build the consistency in prayer. And so I've been saying the same prayer all three weeks because I want you to remember it. I want you to get this in you. And this can be a daily prayer for you to remind yourself that you matter to God, that literally you have a God who loves you, the God, the God of the universe, the true and living God is worried and has concern about you. And he wants you to be alive. He wants you to live free. He wants you to be who he wants to remind you who you are in him. And so I want to say this prayer again. So just repeat after me, Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your strength. And grace that's available to me right now. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your grace. Make your strength perfect in my weakness. I know that I'm weak in myself, but your spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. So raise me up, Lord. Fill me with your strength. Order my steps today in your word. 
Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And just like every week, we want to help you. I want to pray for you. I want you to help walk this out. Email us, thisisvantagepoint at gmail.com. I want to pray with you. I want to walk with you, give you resources. You can also connect uh, through Instagram. I am Nick Ruffin or This Is Vantage Point. And I want you to tune in next week for core strength. And remember, keep seeking perspective for daily living through the lens of God. Talk to you next week. Thank you.